I just want to uh, speak to you briefly, like I mentioned before, today is Palm Sunday. This is the onward journey that God uh, incarnated in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ, on his way to the cross. So I want to speak to you about um, the triumph of faith over fear. The triumph of faith over fear. Like I mentioned before, today is uh, Palm Sunday. It is commemorating the, um, the onward journey of Jesus Christ's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And um, it's a journey whereby he was going to Jerusalem for him to be condemned in order to take back what Adam lost. You see, Adam lived in a beautiful garden that gave away the title deed. He lost paradise. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, he said to the thief on the cross, he said, today you shall be with me in paradise. It is from the cross of Calvary that paradise was regained. Adam lost paradise in a beautiful garden. And Jesus Christ eh, regained paradise for us on the cross of Calvary. You see, Adam was tempted in a beautiful garden, lost paradise. Jesus Christ was tempted in a wicked garden. He was tempted in a very wicked garden where he got the cup full of all the sin of the world. He overcame the enemy and succeeded. But the world we live in today is quite a testing time for each and every one of us, whether you are saved or you are not saved. Book of James 1, 3 tells us, Book of James 1, 3, it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. You say, when your faith is tested, your endurance, your endurance means your patience, your fastness to grow. Whatever God is going, is allowing us to go through today is for a purpose. And I believe with all my heart that if we persevere, we shall overcome. Every waking moment, you and I up and about doing our own thing. And every time we struggle to sleep in the night, we are faced with choices we have to make. 
It's the idea that the choices you and I have to make will determine the type of life that you and I have to live. Tweak, um, I just want to encourage you. Uh, I put a, a message in my in my Facebook page. Um, you need to check that out. That uh, let me just uh, uh, tell you about it. A message on my Facebook page, and I said this word. I said, if you want to embrace fear, you need to Google virus. If you want to embrace love, you need to Google the word First Timothy 1.7, which says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of sound mind. I went further, I said, if you want to embrace torment that has torment then you need to google the word covert 19 and then went further i said if you want to embrace god's protection you need to google the word psalm 91 that's 19 in reverse Psalm 91 5 says this word in the scripture. Sorry, 91 5. He said, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. He said, Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays wait, waste at new day. He says, It sort of covers every aspect of our life. Then verse 10 says, he said, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come now their dwelling place. That means you are covered. You see, fear will rob you and I of your joy. Put in that Facebook page, and I said in Proverbs 18.10, and I said, in the book of Proverbs 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are saved. Then I went further, I said, If you want God to be your tower of protection, you need to choose faith and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and by confessing your sin, and you will be saved. You see, this is your best insurance policy for your life. And you are automatically covered. You see, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you confess your sin, and you allow him to come into your heart, he will transform your life. That is the best insurance cover that will are you for good, for eternity. If you are already saved, I want you to listen carefully. If you are already saved, you stay covered 
You don't have to even forget or say, I forgot to renew my insurance. No, you don't have to do that. You are already covered. And because you are already covered, you are already covered, you don't have to shift. I want you to know one thing. Circumstances and situation can invade our world. But we have a tendency to allow the flesh to dictate terms to us, and then we have a tendency to shift to the other camp called fear. As much you don't shift to the other camp, you are already covered by God because you are saved. Let me quickly run through this because uh, I know the time is passing. I want to make sure that we complete, complete our service by 11 o'clock. Talk to you about the triumph of faith over fear. Like I mentioned before, every waking moment of our life, we have a choice to make. The choice whether I have to allow the dictate of the flesh to push me to fear or allow the circumstance to push me to faith. The choice is yours. The question is that whose report will you believe? Do you believe the report of the Bible, of the Holy Spirit, of God himself, or the report of what we have been bombarded by the media or by anything. Don't get me wrong. I understand we've got problems. I understand the situation. I understand there is a virus around. But where do I go to for solution? i talk to you about that in a moment. You see, our faith triumphs over our fear. In the book, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says this. He says, for Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Listen carefully. He said, because you are born of God, you overcome the world system. What has the world got to offer? It's got to offer fear. It's got to offer sin. It's got to offer plague. It's got to offer this, all the various situations we find ourselves, negative situations we find ourselves. That is all what the world has got to offer. But the Bible says that he said, he said, whatsoever is born of God, because you are born of God, you see, you overcome these things. You overcome the world. He said, and this is our victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith. Our faith that makes us to overcome the world. Of First Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen. Before we get there, I want you to understand that this is a spiritual problem, a spiritual problem that a spiritual problem that entails a spiritual solution. We don't do this with the natural man. We cannot solve this problem with our carnal-mindedness. We need to solve it with 
a spiritual solution. I'll give you an example. We are married. Thank you for that. I want you to know one thing. You cannot, when you are, when you have a problem with your wife, you are not going to just go and buy a new suit that makes you feel good. Trying to solve your problem in a kind-minded solution. You can't solve it. You can't feel good just because you have a problem with your wife. But when you flip the coins, you have a problem with your wife, you need to reconcile, you need to ask for her to forgive you or for him to forgive you. You need to solve your problem. Or you go to the desert, you see somebody who is in the desert for days, desperate for water. You are not going to solve his problem with a spiritual solution. Because when you go to the desert and you see somebody who has been there for days, thirsty, you don't go and preach the gospel to him because he will not even listen to you. He needs water, he needs food. So you're not going to solve that problem with the Bible. So a spiritual problem entails a spiritual solution. A physical problem entails a physical solution. Look at what the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. You see, when you preach the gospel to man, and he wants to receive it in, a, in his own kind-mindedness, it is almost like foolishness to him. It does not make sense to him. So he has to understand it. Of God helping him. He said they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually deserved. You see, as I walk around our street, I could sense the atmosphere is overwhelmingly toxic with fear. Began to impress upon my heart about this. It says, This is no longer war against the virus that we are facing today. It is war. We need to fight war against that has gripped the human population. I believe that we are able to overcome this fear. In people's life, if we are able to overcome it, and I believe that we will be able to solve the problem with this virus, brings torment and dispossesses you, it empowers you, and gives you clarity of mind to deal with the issue. If you have here, it will drive you into anxiety and you will all be confused. You don't even know what to do. Even when the solution is there, you will not see it. But faith drive you to God, who is the source of the solution. I like that. I like that. Amen? 
Hallelujah. You see, for those of you who have been overcome by fear and anxiety, I believe your antidote is fear, is faith. Let me quickly to the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 32 to 34. Look, sorry, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses 32 to 34. Uh, this is interesting. I want you to just uh, put on your seatbelt with me and let's move on. Mark chapter 10, verses 32 to 34. He said, Now, as they were on the road, they are heading to Jerusalem. He said, Jesus Christ and his, uh, his disciples. He said, Now, as they were on the road, going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going before them, and they were amazed. And as they were following, they were afraid. Then he took them. I want you to take note of this. He said, as they were following, the disciples were afraid. Fear, fear, fear. He said, they were afraid. Then he took the 12 aside again. Everybody, I want you to mark on your Bible again. He said, he took the disciples eh, aside again. So when that word, I'm not a student of English, but I want to encourage you. I want to let you know that the word again means he has done it over and over again. He's done it before. So he took his disciples. I want us to go back. You see, and they followed him. They were afraid. As, as they were afraid, you see, fear will stop you on your track. Fear will stop you from fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. Fear will stop you from doing what you originally determined in your heart to do that God has planted within your spirit. And so as they were following, they were afraid. Then they stopped Jesus Christ on his track. And then he turned around and took the disciples outside. He said, hey, come on. Let me talk to you. Come here. He said, he began to tell them the things that will happen to them, or to him, sorry, the things that will happen to him. Look at what he said, verse 33. He said, behold, we are going to Jerusalem. And the, man, the son of man is going to be betrayed to the chief priest. Negative. Number one, negative. Number two, he says he's not going to be only betrayed and he said he is going to be condemned to death. Negative. He's going to be delivered to the Gentiles. Negative. And they will mock him. Negative. They will scourge him. Negative. They will spit on him. Negative. And they will kill him. Negative. Hey, listen carefully. Do you know all what Jesus Christ just said? He just told them everything that they already know that is going to happen to him. This is negative. So they have been bombarded with negativity. They have been so much overwhelmed by negative things 
Then Jesus Christ said this word. He said, and the third day, he will rise again. He said, and the third day, he will rise again. Okay, now, I want you to take note of this. I wish I'm standing. He said, he said we are going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed. And I'm going to be handed over to the Gentiles. And I'm going to be spattered, condemned. These are all negative things. Then at the last moment, he said, I am going to rain. You see, because they have so much been bombarded by all this negativity, they refuse to see what Jesus Christ said about rise again. The solution to their problem. You see, when you are bombarded by everything negative, you will not see clearly the solution in front of you. Let's move on. I wish I had time to dramatize this. Look at what you see. Jesus Christ today was only interested in seeing the positive. He, did, he wasn't concerned about being sparta. He wasn't concerned about being condemned. He wasn't concerned about the crucifixion. But he looked beyond all these things. He looked beyond the problem. He looked before the issue. And looked at the resurrection. Look at, come with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 says, we, are, we want to rush down. Hebrews chapter 12 says, he said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want you to look quickly with me, this scripture. You see, Jesus Christ, he said, for the joy that was said before him. What is the joy? What is the joy that was said before Jesus Christ? He said he despised, he endured the cross. He went beyond the pain barrier. He went beyond the, the issues, the spitting, the scourging. He went beyond that. He despised the shame. He was looking for the joy and the joy is the resurrection. The joy is him being seated at the right hand of God, the Father. So whatever negativity that you see around you, I want to encourage you, church, that you must see beyond that to the joy that there will be healing. There will be, to the joy that there will be deliverance. The, the joy that there will be a breakthrough. Are you with me? Amen? He thought that there will be a breakthrough in whatever situation you find yourself. Jesus, we, need, we need to un understand that Jesus Christ endured the cross. He looked beyond. He, did, he wasn't worried about the cross. He wasn't worried about the pain. He wasn't worried about the circumstance. Though he was doing it for you and I, but he just looked beyond. 
And this is an example for each and every one of us that problem will always come. But God wants us to look beyond the problem to, do, to him who will deliver us from the problem. He is the one who will. Situation will happen. But let us look to him who will deliver us. Because he is the author. They say he is the author and finisher of our faith. You see, why were the disciples amazed and fearful? Because the disciples, they knew that Jesus Christ was going to the Jerusalem. They have attempted to stone him. They have attempted to kill him in the past. Why is he going there? He was going there for a purpose for you and for me. Fear generally is a natural, is a natural phenomenon. Fear naturally is a thing that grips each and every one of us when we are faced with death. But we need to understand that if God enough, he will help us to overcome. Look at what the book of Hebrews says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. The book of Hebrews says, it says, that, it says since the children, of, the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Let me put it in a, common, in, in a layman point of view. He said, because Jesus Christ is God, Jesus Christ said, you are flesh and blood. He said, I come as flesh and blood in order to destroy him who have got the power of death over your life in order to rescue you. Amen. Verse 15 says, verse 15 says, he said, why is Jesus Christ doing this? It, Verse 15 give us the solution. He said, to free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Jesus Christ has taken the sting of death away from our life. I am no longer afraid of death because whatever is going to happen to me, like I mentioned to you last time, I said, he is going to he is going to Whatever happens to me, God is going to turn it around for his glory. Amen. He's going to turn it around for his glory. Amen. 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 You see, men today are not only gripped with fear, they are not only gripped with the fear of death, but they are gripped with the fear of the future. They are gripped with the fear of uncertainty. They are gripped because they say, oh my, what's going on here? My job. Am I going to be infected by this virus? What happened to my children? What happened to me? I won't be able to pay on my mortgage or pay my rent. The list goes on and go on and go on. What? True. You look at the way we are today, it's almost like we are living, just walking into the dark without even knowing where we are going. I might not know the future, but I know him who knows the future. 
and his name is Jesus. Amen? Amen. His name is Jesus. And I want to put my confidence because I know that he knows my destination. He knows where I am going. He had to order my step. And I want to walk in newness in him. I want to follow his footsteps because I know that he will lead me to my destination. I want us to put our confidence in Jesus because Jesus Christ is the only one who knows our future. You see, God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of peace. I want to put my confidence in him so that he can calm my nerves and release his peace into my spirit. Amen? Amen. Okay, finally, finally, one of the best ways to deal with your fear is to know where it comes from. Enemy. Is to know where your fear comes from. And, um, and expose it so that the light of Jesus Christ will shine into that area in your life. You see, number one, you must control your mind. Mm -hmm. Your fear comes from your mind. And you must learn to control it. You see, it has to do with what you feed into your mind. If you feed negativity into your mind, that is what is going to control your mind. The question is that, what are you feeding into your mind? Let me rephrase it. What you feed into your mind is what you will think about. And what you think is going to control you. Yeah. Therefore, I encourage you to control what you feed into your mind. You see, when you allow fear, to be your lifestyle, then it becomes an issue. You see, if you allow fear to become your lifestyle, then you are no longer a friend of God. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says that Abraham believed God, it was credited to him for righteousness, and he became a friend of God. You see, if you want to be a friend of God, you must learn to walk by faith. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews 10, 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to, God. to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We want to learn to please God. If you want to see God operate in our life, we must walk by faith in order to please him, to make him happy. Mm -hmm. When you please somebody, it means that you are making him happy. To make God happy, you must walk by faith in order to please him. And then, when you please him, he gives reward. Amen. He gives you, he gives you what you requested. Okay. Amen. Amen? Yeah. You see, fear is a dark room where negatives are formed. If you allow fear to grip you, and then it becomes a dark room within your spirit. All what comes out will become negative, negative, negative. One thing I find out about people is that who are gripped with fear is that they are very negative. The reason being that they don't read their Bible, they don't meditate upon the word of God. God wants you to read your Bible. Anxiety comes to you when you are saturated with fear. You see, how do you control your mind? 
I want to stop here because uh, time is finished. How do you control your mind? You see, you control your mind when they put your hand upon your mind. What do I mean by that? You say, your mind is like, I have spoken to many of you today about, about this in the past, but I want to speak it. I want to use it as an example how you can control your mind for the benefit of those who have not heard me. You see, your mind is like a steering wheel. You see, because your mind is like a steering wheel, we drive our car and we drive our car to the direction and the destination where we want to take our car to. Yeah. And uh, because our mind is like a steering wheel, if we take our hands off this car steering, we know that it's going to lead to disaster. So our mind is like a steering wheel. We need to put our hands on the steering of our mind and control our mind to the direction we want our mind to go to. Immediately we leave, take our hands off the steering of our mind, anxiety, worry, depression. But we need to direct and put our hands there, hey, don't go towards anxiety. Direct your mind to faith. Direct your mind to the word of God. Direct your mind to what profit. The Bible tells us in the book of Philippians, I don't have time to read it. It just came to my mind right now. Philippians 4.8 tells you about that. Whatever is profitable, whatever is praiseworthy, is a think. It's in your mind. Think upon what is good. Think upon what you need that it will edify you. It will direct you to the realm of faith. Are you with me this morning? Amen. You see, fear invades your mind. And when it comes, when fear comes, into your mind. You need to drive your mind to faith where your solution is. Amen? And the other part again is uh, you must control your mind. Number two, you must put on love because love casts away all fear. And then number three, you must trust in God. I don't have time to explain this. Time is passing. Faith trump over fear. The yeah. choice is yours. Are you willing to embrace faith that will help you to give you clarity of mind so that you can be able to know? Remember what happens. The disciples, they were gripped with fear. Jesus Christ told them all oh, what is going to happen to them, to him, sorry. But they were gripped with fear. They could not even hear the solution, the solution that he's going to rise again. He is going to rise again. Whatever you are going through today, I'm saying, I'm speaking this about the anointing. You are going to rise again. God is going to provide a way. And when he provides a way, you will know it. My prayer for you right now as I speak that God will take away all the web, we take away all the dust, we take away all the cobwebs that will blind you to the solution that He has created for you. He will provide a way out. Because the Bible says, it said there is no temptation 
that has tempted a man that is not common. Whatever is happening to you today, it has always been there. It is common to mankind. But God, the God you serve, the God who is always faithful, the God who will never leave you nor forsake you, he said he will provide a way of escape so that that temptation will not overwhelm you. You will be able to see your breakthrough. That is the word of God for you this morning. Amen. Amen. Faith you latch onto will help you to overcome your fear into the future. That is your take. You embrace it. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Allow we bless you. We honor you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen.